This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Sixty million babies have been killed since the infamous Roe v. Wade ruling legalized abortion on demand. What's the real story behind the ruling? Who are the players? Are the arguments in favor of abortion just made up? This is the basis for an upcoming movie titled Roe v. Wade, The Untold Story. Producers of the movie include Alveda King, who's the niece of the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and Nick Loeb, among others. Actors Stephen Baldwin, John Voight, and Stacey Dash have all agreed to star in the movie. Now, the movie's being funded through crowdsourcing. Facebook banned the efforts, including a video by Alveda King claiming spam, but Facebook has since lifted that ban. Nick Loeb telephoned me from Spain to discuss the movie and its progress on World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. A landmark federal ruling finalized recently says that the state of North Carolina violated civil rights laws when it forced a magistrate to resign because of her beliefs about marriage prevented her from presiding over gay marriages. The magistrate had requested shifting her hours to when marriages are not performed. North Carolina was obligated to provide an accommodation to the magistrate, the ruling said. The state later acknowledged that it treated the magistrate unfairly, and the settlement agreement makes the magistrate whole by paying her salary and retirement benefits that were taken away. The state also passed a law making sure that no magistrates would be targeted for their religious beliefs and no one would be denied a prompt marriage. An important free speech case has united Christian and LGBT printers at Kentucky's High Court as they seek protection for the right of artists to choose what messages they promote. A Kentucky court ruled last year that the government cannot force Blaine Adamson, a Christian screen printer, to print gay pride t-shirts in violation of his religious beliefs. The government has now appealed, and today Beckett Law and University of Virginia Law professor Douglas Laylock filed a friend of the court brief supporting the printer. In 2012, Gay and Lesbian Service Organization asked Blaine Adamson, who's the owner of Hands-On Originals, to print shirts promoting the local gay pride festival. Because of Adamson's religious beliefs, he declined to print the shirts and instead referred the gay organization to other printers who would match his price. Although the organization received many offers and ultimately obtained the shirts for free, it filed a complaint against Adamson with the Lexington Fayette Urban County Human Rights Commission, which ordered him to print the shirts and then attend government-mandated diversity training to change his views. The Utah House of Representatives voted in favor of a bill yesterday that would add assisted suicide to the state's manslaughter statute. The bill, which is sponsored by Republican State Representative Mike McKell, notes that it would become a second-degree felony in Utah to knowingly provide the means for someone to take their own life or to aid in a suicide attempt. The bill comes in wake of the suicide of a 16-year-old girl in Utah County that prosecutors say was only possible through the help and encouragement of an older friend who's now standing trial for murder. 
The amended bill, which passed the House with a 51 to 18 vote, says a practitioner may treat a patient's illness and pain or discomfort with medication that may end up shortening the patient's life, but the practitioner may not knowingly and intentionally provide medication or procedure to commit suicide. World Liquor News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi. I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's and New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. I'm Kip Allen, World with News Digest host. My guest today is Mr. Nick Globe, who is the co-executive producer of an upcoming movie called Roe v. Wade, the movie. Of course, we all know about the, the infamous decision, but there's a lot we don't know about the decision, and that's what this movie's all about. Mr. Loeb, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and about this film? Sure. So um, uh, I'm an uh, actor, producer, um, I'm a writer on the, on the film. Uh, I grew up in, in New York, uh, live in Florida, uh, live between Florida and, and Spain now, and um, been, uh, been active in the pro-life community for the last several years. Um, in terms of, of this film, I was acting on a film about a year and a half ago uh, called uh, American Brawler. And the director of the movie had, had read a little bit about my, my pro-life positions and then my, my own personal pro-life fight and approached me and said that he had a movie he wanted to do that he couldn't talk to anyone in Hollywood about. But he, he read about me and knew that I was pro-life and, and figured that maybe he, he, would, he could talk to me about it. And he said, well, I want to make this movie called Roe v. Wade. And, of course... Like everybody in America, I'd heard of the case. I, I know how it resulted, but I, I really didn't know the ins and outs and the intricacies of, of how it got to where it got and why it got decided the way it did. And so uh, I read the script. I, I found it fascinating. And we partnered, and uh, I spent the next year um, reading over 40 different books, all the court transcripts from the cases in Texas where it started, up uh, to the Supreme Court. 
and all the biographies of the people involved from Sarah Weddington and Margaret Sanger and Norma Corvey and Larry Later and Bernard Nathanson and you know a whole cast of characters that were involved uh, in the move in, in the movement and, and that took place between really between 1966 uh, to 1973. One of the things I've, I found fascinating is that uh, at least two of the major participants, uh, two of the major uh, figures in this role, one of which being, of course, uh, Roe herself, uh, McCovey, and Dr. Bernard Natherson later became quite active in the pro-life movement. Yeah, so, you know, Norma, who was Jane Roe, was essentially really a pawn in the, in the entire story, in the entire um, court case and process. She's actually a small character in, in the film because she really wasn't um, a major character in the movement. She had no interest in overturning the laws. Uh, all she had interest was getting an abortion herself. Uh, she was lied and manipulated by, essentially by, the people who were looking for a girl to, to take this to court, which were people who were at the time working for NARAL and Planned Parenthood, uh, people like Betty Friedan and Larry Later and Bernard Nathanson himself, that essentially told her that if she, if she took up this fight and cause that she would be able to have the abortion that she wanted, which was obviously untrue since she was already in her second trimester. And the court don't take the court process doesn't take uh, a couple of days. It takes it takes years. And so when you know when she she was also extremely uneducated, tenth grade education. She even asked me, "Well, you know, I don't even know what an abortion is." She can, can you explain that to me? Um, which she later writes in her book. And they said, "Oh, don't worry. It's like removing a piece of skin." Hmm. They told her. And so <laughs> they essentially uh, did every everything to sort of utilize her as a pawn. You know, later on in, in Norma's life, she uh, was volunteering at a Planned Parenthood or abortion clinic uh, right next to a, a pro-life center. And she had a conversion, and she saw what they were doing to, to these babies, and she converted, and she became a leader in the pro-life movement. Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who, who you mentioned, is actually one of the leads in our film as, as a character, and he was, he was extremely active at the time not only become as the biggest abortionist in American history, killing over 75,000 babies, but he was active in manipulating the media and the public and essentially the courts to the Roe decision. So what he would do was he was, uh, he was a medical director for NARAL and worked with Planned Parenthood, and what they would do is they would come up with fake statistics. That was fascinating to me when I heard about that, is that so much of the Supreme Court's decision was based on misinformation. Outright lies. Yeah, it was based on it was based on this information. It was based on information that was created by a guy named Cyril Means and Larry Later on the history of abortion, which was also falsified by Cyril Means and and by Larry Later. Um, Larry, who's also written two books, one's called Abortion and Abortion Two. He was also mentored by Margaret Sanger and wrote a biography on Margaret Sanger. Larry Later is essentially the father of the abortion movement in America. Hmm. Um, and he and Bernard became best friends, and they came up with this strategy. It was a multi-pronged strategy to overturn the courts, and part of the strategy was manipulating the media, fake news. We call that fake news today. Yeah. So they, their strategy in the 60s was fake news, and so they would go to Newsweek and Time, and then they would come up with these fake statistics and get stories written, and they have timing every quarterly would be pumped this out to to push 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 the public into the direction they wanted to essentially influence the decision of, of of the justices. They were also cited. I mean, there was you know it was essentially when the the decision came out, 
and they drafted their opinions. Uh, Black, which is uh, Justice Black at the time, he actually the only citing to use for um, for experts were were Larry Later and Cyril Means, <laughs> the people who who came up with the movement. And so the whole thing was a farce. Uh, this was they, and and so people say, "Well, how do you know this now?" Well, Bernard came out uh, years later and admitted that they did all this. Uh, he wrote a book about it, hmm. and they admitted to fabricating all of this to to manipulate the media. Bernard ended up becoming a major uh, major um, activist in the pro life movement, and really because of technology, uh, which is also I, one of the things that I think moving today's youth towards being pro-life as technology. So Bernard, um, in 1974, does a, after the road decision, does an abortion under a sonogram and realizes he's actually killing the baby. I've heard stories from many people who have seen sonograms, and that has convinced them that uh, this is a life. This is not a piece of skin or a tissue. And, 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 yes, and today, you know, for three or four weeks, we can hear a heartbeat. Yes. You know, even before a woman... Even though she's pregnant, we can hear a heartbeat today, yeah. and so it's hard. To, it's hard to say there's not a life there. The other thing that really struck me about this is uh, when I look at the history of Margaret Sanger, uh, who really founded this uh, the abortion movement and Planned Parenthood. She was a virulent racist and actually saw this as a way to get rid of what she called weed people. Her first project, interestingly enough. Uh, was called her. She named it the Negro Project. Um, this was really to reduce the amount of African Americans in our country. She used to call them the unfit, and to open up Planned Parenthood centers in uh, low-income African American neighborhoods. Interestingly enough, Planned Parenthood became the biggest abortion provider in America or in the world. Yet Margaret Sanger was actually vehemently opposed to abortion. Really? Um, so I don't even think the founder of Planned Parenthood would be approving today of what was going on. Her goal really was contraception in in those in those neighborhoods. She never she never wanted it. You know, once the baby was was God created the baby, or the baby was created. She didn't want to kill it. She just wanted it stopped from being created in the first place in those populations. Well, that I didn't know. I, I find it interesting as well that uh, today I think that the African American population is uh, overwhelmingly targeted by Planned Parenthood. We see proportion to the to the different to percentages. It's, it's the number one killer of African Americans today in our country is abortion, uh, which is um, which. Interesting enough, the, the one of the leads in our film, who is on the pro life side, is a uh, woman named Dr. Mildred Jefferson, who is the first African American woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School and the second president of National Right to Life. And she led one of the leaders of the pro-life movement and the foundations of it, not only to protect life, because she was a doctor, she believed, in the Hippocratic Oath that she took, but also to protect her race. And um, this is one of her goals. And it, it, the, today, we have a little news, we just signed, I don't know if you know, Stacey Dash. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Stacey Dash just signed her today to play Dr. Mildred Jefferson in the movie. So we also also signed John Voight and Stephen Baldwin, Jennifer O'Neill. Um, but today, uh, today was a good day for us. I was going to say that you've got some A-listers now who are part of this uh, part of this project who are going to be acting in it. And yet, I understand uh, 
they're having funding problems. It seems to me this would be a, this would be a, a, a money maker. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, like the challenge is Hollywood doesn't want to fund it because they don't believe, you know, um, you know, they're viscerally opposed to the truth coming out, and you know, they take a stance on the other side. So that's that's the challenge on that part. So we have to go to you know the the general population to try to get this funded. So we've decided to try to do this through crowdfunding, which we launched a couple weeks ago. We actually, interesting enough, we have over a thousand people that actually made a contribution so far. Uh, as low as a dollar, all the way up to ten thousand dollars, people have uh, contributed. Uh, but we still have a long way to go. We have run into some of those challenges with that as well, since Facebook is the only platform to be able to promote, to really create and be able to promote online for our crowdfunding site, they initially had blocked us from sharing our our page. Have have they given you a reason for blocking the page? So the initial reason they said we were spamming, uh, and so uh, which would have been understandable if it was one or two people, but everybody, even people we didn't know who were be liking our page and trying to send it to their friends were being blocked. I wasn't even allowed to send it to my friends, mm. let alone people I don't know. Um, then we actually paid for ads. We gave them money to buy ads, bought the ads, and then they wouldn't let us share the ads. So they essentially took our money and let us share the ads. And then essentially when, when they, they loosened up is when one of our executive producers is Dr. Alveda King, the, the niece of Martin Luther King. And they blocked her on her uncle's birthday weekend. Oh, for Pete's sakes. <laughs> and so when that news got out, they unblocked us. I think they were, you know, maybe a little scared of, of the blowback uh, on how that looked on blocking um, Alveda King during Martin Luther King weekend. The challenge we have now with what they have done is, you know, they control algorithms and how our news shows up in our supporters' feeds. And so a lot of our posts just don't end up in people's feeds anymore. So, um, you know, that's that's the challenge that we're having uh, in spreading the word to get this out. So um, one of the reasons I'm on your show. I just tried, uh, in fact, uh, getting some information from about you on Facebook. Very little, very little is available. I was able to get some on Google and some other search engines, but not on Facebook. So yeah, Facebook has really, you know, has really tried to block anyone involved or limited the information flow of information uh, in and out with regards to anyone involved or or this film. So, well, when would you hope to have this film released? Assuming that uh, we can get the funding, when, when when are we looking for this to be released? I understand also. So you're all... looking, you're looking, um, you know, uh, end of the year, early next year. Um, oh. You know, if we if we have if we had somebody, uh, you know, it's five million dollar movie. We we need to raise another two and a half million. The great thing is we already have distribution committed on a thousand screens from a distributor, and so if we had the movie today, we would be able to shoot in late spring, early summer, and uh, have it released by the end of the, you know, end of December, January. Mm-hmm. Um, just need an angel out there who's uh, willing to work. Well, something that, that strikes me, uh, again, is I look at uh, the history of some of the Christian movies within that have been produced, uh, Passion of the Christ, Risen, come to mind. And then, of course, the ones, the, the lower budget ones like uh, uh, Fireproof or uh, t- Taking the Giants. These have been enormously successful financially. 
Yeah, so we just, you know, we need to uh, find the right investor out there who has the, uh, you know, the ability to, to invest. I think that Roe will be uh, extremely successful. I mean, we have a, a built-in marketing uh, campaign, especially with the name itself. Everybody in the country has heard of Roe v. Wade. Uh, so it's not like it's uh, we have to go out and, and teach them what the movie's going to be about. People have an idea, and I think... Uh, with the controversy that's involved, that it will generate a tremendous amount of uh, publicity. And I think we'll do very well. And certainly you have some uh, some very well-known actors and actresses who are signed up for this. That's got to be a poll as uh, well. Yeah, John Voight, Stephen Baldwin, now Stacey Dash, and then we're continuing to you know, cast over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so hopefully that will, will help us raise some more money. Well, let's talk about raising money. Uh, how can people get in touch with you to raise the money since we're having problems with Facebook? How can they yeah, do that? Sure. So RoeVWadeMovie.com is, is uh, our website. You can go on. There's perks. To, you can uh, donate to come to set. You can donate to be in the movie. You can donate to work on the movie. You know, or just to, to, to donate to RoeVWadeMovie.com um, or you can Google it. That's that's pretty much the the best way to do it. What do you need besides money to get the film produced? Uh, you know, you know, at, at this well, you know, we're going to have to hire a cast and crew. So, you know, we'll, once we raise the money, we'll hire a cast and crew, and and that'll that's all we really need to to get it done. So, we, uh, we're in the process of putting some cast together, but it's um, you know most of it will take underway after we we raise the, the funding. You always hear rumors that there's a, a conservative pro-life underground in uh, in uh, Hollywood. Have you been approached by any of the people there who are afraid to come out but have said, yeah, go ahead with this? I, I mean, I have spoken to some of them. Um, you know, they, you know, again, you know, they are quietly supportive, <laughs> should I say. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, to protect their livelihoods. Uh, in their life, I think um, that's that those are the positions they're they're taking. Um, and we've had some challenges, even with some some actors and actresses who are eminently pro-life who who won't even uh, read the script of our movie because they're afraid of of undertaking this. But you know, again, are quietly supportive, but not publicly. Well, people like uh, Stephen Baldwin and uh, and John Voight. Uh, They've been very success, successful in their careers, although their positions are obviously uh, controversial in what is the Hollywood environment. Are, are they eager to go ahead with this? Are they enthusiastic? It, uh, again, some of the people I've spoken to in other movies regard this as mission work. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I speak to Stephen. Uh, Stephen is, is, is extremely thrilled you know, about this film. It's been very, very helpful. You know, we just we just attached him, and I've just gotten to know him. Uh, he's very passionate, and you know, he, he you know he truly believes that this you know this is going to be one of the most uh, important movies made in our lifetime. You know, Roe v. Wade's the most case in American history, and no one's actually made the movie. So you know, you know him, you know, uh, you know he's been very, and, and as you saw, you know, John, you know, John went around you know the country supporting our president. Uh, has been a big supporter. Of conservatives, and so yeah, I mean the people who are coming on board, um, like Jennifer O'Neill, and you know, they're all have been you know coming out. They're all new to come on board, but they're all getting very actively involved in in uh, the support and in the making of the film. It's refreshing to see uh, 
the celebrities now are finally standing up and uh, and saying what's right and what's wrong, rather than situational ethics. Right. And it, it's got to be rare. It's got to be rare in Hollywood to to run into that kind of courage. Uh, very rare. Very rare indeed. So where do we stand right now in the movie? Are we at a standstill at the moment until the funds are raised, or are we making some progress? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I mean you know, right now we're just until, until the funds are raised. Um, we're not really at a standstill. We're moving forward in terms of uh, adding attachments, in terms of cast. Uh, there are a lot of major roles. It's a huge ensemble cast. And so as, as that process goes forward, uh, we'll continue fundraising at the same time. So, you know, if you can get all your audience members to go to RoeVWadeMovie.com, you know, and even if it's $5, uh, it means a lot. You know, I always say if everybody who went to the March, you know, March for Life, you know, gave, you know, 10 bucks, we would have all our, all our money <laughs> for the film. That's so we just need to be able to figure out how to reach the entire alcohol life community. Well, this is one way. We are very active in it, as you know. Uh, we did have a presence at the march, uh, and we have several of our associated bodies uh, working with it. Uh, Lutherans for Life, or among them, the Eyes for Life is another organization that we do. And as you pointed out, I mean, just to the Washington March alone, there were, there were well over 100,000 people, well over that. Right. And, of course, other marches throughout the country. And... Uh, it's interesting that uh, perhaps the the outreach uh, the outreach program that perhaps you'll be doing to other organizations, for example, there is the March for Life organization and other groups as well to find support. That would be that would be terrific. Yeah, it would be. We we have reached out to a lot, and there's been you know I would say the majority of the pro life groups around the country have been very supportive of us uh, and have tweeted and and posted. You know, for us, uh, and, and, you know, the March for Life out in California, the March for Life in Chicago, uh, as well as D.C., they've all been uh, uh, hugely supportive, and most of the national organizations that have been very supportive of us as well. Well, Mr. Love, I want to thank you very much for uh, being on the program and pointing out this very important issue and this wonderfully exciting movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate the support. Thank you. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.